0: doctor
1: look stand aside nurse i'm dr homebrew
2: what's going on everybody it's dr homebrew welcome back we have another episode for you of course that's why you're listening here we have two home brews. We're back to two home brews, Cooper. I appreciate that about us. I love that that we have yeah. two home brews today.
3: People want to send us beer. That's cool.
2: Yeah, Keep I like brewing. It. Yeah, it's cool, man. And you know what? I think maybe doing this show has sort of gotten me to brew a little bit more too. And I don't know when we'll talk about that. Maybe on the next show. I brewed a beer. Uh, Brian Schar had some pre keg right off the fermenter there this morning.
4: It was and, pretty amazing. Um,
2: yeah. See, there you go. Prejudged.
4: Well, the so. experience
2: more than the beer. But oh, still. Okay. Well, <laughs> look, man. You know what? I'll take that as a compliment yep. because a lot of thought goes into like tasting room design. So, yep. you know,
4: what are you gonna do? You that know, sounds great to me. You know what, man? The beer was pretty good. So, if the experience was better, you know, it was it was it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know
2: which one of those is 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 weighted more heavily: the experience or the beer. Um, I guess it's free. So, you know, I don't know what to say. Uh, but before, good. before we get to uh, today's guest, I want to thank our fine sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You can go to 5 today and sign up for their Homebrew Club program. It's a cool thing, they're still doing it. I really love it. I think it's a great idea to sort of unify uh, not only the homebrewing community around cleanliness and sanitization, but it's a good way for them to reach out as well and test new products and get feedback and stuff. So you can get uh, free product, ex- exclusive discounts, monthly educational seminars, and free stuff. So check that out, fivestarchemicals.com. Uh, and if you want to type in the, the, the full URL, it's forward slash homebrew hyphen club hyphen program. Which, I will say, recently, recently, within the last couple of years, I, I learned that that's not a backslash, it's a forward slash. I've never
4: known what the difference is in the slashes.
2: I, I learned because it, it, le- it leans, you know, uh, right to left, I guess. Forward.
4: Yeah, it leans. Yeah, leans forward. Right. Yeah,
2: I mean, I guess. Yeah, mm. it leans. It leans left to right. Goes burp. So I, yeah. I've always been calling it backslash. And then I, I don't mm. know where I picked it up. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm an incredible doofus. So, yeah. you know,
3: it, um, speaking of uh, five star, I was up in Seattle and judging uh, national homebrew uh, competition regionals up there. They didn't have any in the San Francisco Bay Area this year. So I tra- traveled mm. up there and uh, you know, uh, got to see Julia Hearst from the Homebirds Association, but also oh, yeah. uh hung out with Emily from Five Stars. So, oh, nice. And I judged with both of them uh, cool. the first night I was there. And it was a great experience. There were a lot of female judges there and um, oh, that's good. It was a very well run competition and nice. some, some very good beers.
2: I like Emily. She's cool. She's always a blast to hang out with and go see at the booths and stuff like that. So that's cool. Yeah,
3: We all got to do a little beer tourism on Sunday. We ended up terrorizing a few parts of the the greater Seattle area. Where'd you go?
2: Give me some standouts real fast.
3: Well, um, (laughs) we started at Fremont and I had a a beer called, it's their Lush IPA and they added uh, like really strongly pot smelling terpenes to it. Okay. It was like the most. They call it Kush. They cross out the L of lush and call it Kush. Of course they do. So, <laughs> of course they do. I was do. just. I was kind of wowed by that, and but I, you know, you, you find those now and again. But this was. Yeah. It was the first one where. It, this are you was a really dank beer? Are was, you a weed guy, good. Cooper? Are you a weed I'm, dude? No, I'm not okay. a very good weed guy. But no, yeah. I I I like the smell of it and stuff. But yeah, you know, I,
2: yeah. I, don't I have a friend really, Shay is like that. Or friend Shay yeah. Comfort. He's like I I don't want to get high. I can't stand it. But I love the smell. So anytime almost... anyone smokes around me i'm cool with it i just don't want to
3: do it yeah or just the fresh smell i like the fresh smell better than the, the smell of the you know the, the smoke so okay but yeah you know we went to another brewery called uh we were gonna go to Chuckanut, but they were on the way past we drove by there and we we're gonna go there after this other one up there in the skagit valley uh oh you we went... went to one called garden path and it was okay. uh, like a wild fermentation and they had a really cool bottle shop it's kind of out in the middle of
2: nowhere that's a good name for a wild fermentation brewery garden path that's very cool i like that
3: they had some really good stuff there so you went you
2: went off the beaten path speaking of paths you didn't stay in seattle okay
3: no we and yeah we went out um different different places you know after judging in the night sometimes we just wanted to chill and have a conversation in a corner yeah uh, a little bar and ha- have a cocktail or whatever but
2: you know you so go to uh, lucky envelope by chance our friend barry over there no. oh my I'm, goodness yeah. well i think you uh made a big mistake <sighs> lucky envelope is was... if you're in the seattle area it's right by rubens brews i think in that general area uh good stuff but anyway enough We we'll also that. went to uh oh yeah Stoop- sorry i guess we not... near and uh, ballard and yeah, yeah and
3: you know a couple of cool places so the judging was at Black Raven, which was pretty decent, too. I Andrew like, brought.
2: yeah, I remember their beers being pretty cool. I remember their setup being pretty good, too. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a nice little a space. It,
3: oh, really? It's, it's, it's big. They have a big good. space now. And, um, yeah, up in Woodenville, And uh, cool. still have the original location, too, I think. But, yeah, we didn't go there. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember Great Black weekend.
4: Raven from, like, when a, when NHC was in Seattle. That's when I that went, too, like yeah. Ten, <laughs> yeah. Like, eight, ten years ago now? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good, if I remember correctly. I don't know um yeah.
2: anyway enough about that rob what's up dude not much what's going on jp oh not much man just hanging out drinking a Sierra nevada summer fest which is apparently a refreshing summer lager which is what they say on the can so uh nice. and it is it's pretty good and i saw that a total wine i was like gotta pick up a 12 of that just released gotta do it man yeah yeah how refreshing is it it's pretty refreshing, man. Um, it's pretty good. It, I, I'm still, you know, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of talk online about uh, loggers these days in beers and or not in beers, but um, in the beer industry and like, you know, oh, a lot of articles specifically about what's the difference between a lager and a pilsner, and, and that seems to be a, a, a broad topic in the last two three weeks. There's a lot of articles going, uh, you know, beer expert finally explained the difference between a pilsner and a logger. I'm like. Dude, it's like, what's the difference between a rooster and a chicken? It, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, dude. That's just, we're getting a lot of traction out of it. But These are I'm, five weird things that <laughs> lager brewers
4: don't want you to know. Yeah,
2: And it's like, I mean, that's cool that we're getting some knowledge out there. And I understand, you know, from uh, in the inside looking out, it feels weird. But like, I, I bought some lager the other day, some Pilsners uh, from a brewery, the old brewery, famous brewery. I'm not going to mention the name. And it sucked. It was awful. It was very, it was overly bitter and just didn't really taste very smooth. And I was like, this is very disappointing. Um, so I had, I knew I had to go with the old standbys here in Nevada. They're never going to go wrong. They're just never going to do it. They know how to do it. I trust that this is lager. This other, bre- this other beer, I don't, I don't know, depending on who brews it. I mean, I know who brews it. And so I think that, uh, that this person would do that. But then also, I don't know at the same time. Hard to say. It was hard to say if it was lagered, which I, I think, in my opinion, makes a bad pilsner. Right. If, if, it it's, a, if, a if it's sharp and sort of like not smoothed out. Yeah. Anyway. You have those trick lagers these days with the luter yeast and all that. You know? Hate it. Hate it. <laughs> don't like it. There's, Never liked it.
4: I've been uh, on record. Never liked it. It's one more thing you don't like, JP. One more thing, dude. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with the Narzis method per se that kind of fast lager that that tasty would do, or you kind of gradually ramp the temperature up. But I think a lot of there are brewers that say they use the Narzis method, quote, unquote, mm-hmm. but just ferment it hot. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, we could do a whole segment on that because I don't think that people I don't think a lot of brewers even really understand loggering. If, if I could just sort of be, yeah. you know, uh, better than everybody for a second. <laughs> I, I just, I feel like they don't because it, a lot of brewers don't do loggers that often. So, you know, with me, like, I, I, you know, I don't make, um I, I don't know, I don't make lagers at all. So it would be hard for me to to make that one off, like a Kolsch I've made a couple times. It's hard for me to say that this is inherently like a good beer because I don't have enough of my own product to compare it with. So it's like, oh, I did the lager thing, but it's not perfect. I don't have time to perfect this because I have to make 400 IPAs now.
3: So I don't know. It takes a lot, lot more work and a lot more time. Yeah, yeah. the brewers are just so thankful that the cold IPA came out. They can make something that's a little more towards that te- territory. Yeah, uh, which I do like.
2: Good. I think that is a good beer style. I really, yeah. I do like it. Sully has a good one. Two and a has a good one. Yeah, that's I, agreed. Yeah. Anyway, Rob, again, welcome.
5: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh,
2: what beer do we have for you today, my friend, or
0: from you? You okay? have a uh, Belgian Golden Strong.
2: Belgian Golden Strong. All right. Now, is this a uh, a beer you do all the time? I can't imagine.
0: Um, I used to brew it quite a bit. I haven't brewed it in about two years. Okay. All right. Why, what prompted you to uh, fire it back up? Was at a uh, local tap room and saw they had Belgians on tap. And I said, hey, I need to have one of those. And as soon as I had a sip, I remembered why I brewed this.
2: <laughs> you know what? It is one of those that big umbrella of beers that we've sort of forgot about, I think in the States, like these are the beers that sort of launched the homebrewing movement. Right. And sort of grounded the homebrewing community for like decades. But then you had, you know, IPAs and pale ales getting drier and drier and you had all these weird beers. And, and now it's like Belgians who wants to do that when you can just pack it full of hops. Right. So that's cool, man.
0: Good for you. It's actually the reason I started brewing beer. Oh, nice. (laughs) either I couldn't afi- uh, find it or I couldn't afford to buy it when I did find it, you know so
2: yeah um, you know i I'm like this with like smoke beers like we had the Schlinkerla on the other day as right. a commercial calibration and i've I've bought like four or five of those beers since then I forgot how much I love smoke beers nobody really does them uh so it yeah I, I understand the importance of like revisiting your past man because I used to I love smoke beers forever they've always been great.
4: Yeah, that Schlinker Law that was just amazing. I I had two bottles and I drank another one like a day or two after that show. Yeah, it's like man, this is
2: so good. Well, and I went to Total Wine the other day and like uh, I've been a couple times and they have like three or four different ones there. They have like the yeah. Lint beer and they had yeah. a, the Mayor, uh, not the Märzen, yeah. but the the Urbach or whatever, and they had an, a Double Bach. I think so. I bought a bunch of those. I'm like hell yeah, that Lint beer the- rules. That Lint beer is probably like what a lot of like smoked beer drinkers would be okay with at their top limit. Cause it, they, they mix non smoked malt with smoked malt and it's like unfiltered. So it's a little sweeter and, but it's not as smoky. Uh, it's not that real harsh bacony, but uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's the can too. It's kind of fun. But anyway, once again, I don't know why we're just rambling on the show, Rob. I apologize, man. We'll get to your, well. we'll get to your beer here. Um, let's see. Uh, Char. Oh, you want to want to bat lead off on this? Please?
4: Well, I certainly will. Thank you very much. Uh, am I being elevated to the majors here? Or... Sure, dude. <laughs> All right, whatever makes me happy. Right, uh, Rob. Thank you so much for sharing this beer. Uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. I'll get right to it. Aroma. Initially, the aroma is definitely Belgian yeast, and that's we're talking about Belgian beers. I just love that that aroma and that flavor that you can only get from those kinds of yeast so they're specific you, you could take go to any homebrew yeast catalog and pick any of those out and they're gonna make great great beer that it's gonna throw off the esters and the phenols there's good phenols in here the uh like the little bit of that smoky peppery without going so far as to be plastic or 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 bad there's some kind of stone fruit you know apple i get kind of an appley. Uh, character uh, as far as esters, not appley. That I'd go so far as to say is you know acetaldehyde or DMS or anything, but the it, it's the kind of aroma. It's a good apple aroma that that yeast throws. No hop aroma, low malt aroma. There is a little bit of low pepper that's probably from the ethanol, not from the yeast. Uh, it's kind of hard to pick those two out, but there's no. I, I didn't get really any harsh harsh uh, fusel uh, stuff in the aroma so i gave that 8 out of 12 appearance uh, appearance is 2 out of 3 primarily because the head is very low and i'll put mine up to the screen okay i i i judged this 2 hours ago i left the bottle out i just poured more here so you could might say well it got uncarbonated while it was sitting on your kitchen counter Brian. but no it was like this when i poured it out of the bottle in the first place you know, there's very, very low head. Uh, it should have a huge, rocky head. It should be almost hard to pour into the glass because there's so much head. Uh, like if you have a 12-ounce Duval and a 12-ounce glass, you'll know, forget about it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's never going to work. Uh, you know, it, but uh, it, it's a little bit missing. It was It's missing in that that area. Uh, it's crystal clear. You know, it's darker golden color, but I you know, knocked it a point for the lack of that big head. Uh, flavor initially is a sort of the fermentation generated esters followed by peppery slightly sharp ethanol what was weird at no point was the ethanol sharp to me other than when i first poured it and took that first sip maybe that was just my palate getting acclimatized you know, So i'm not going to knock you for that uh everything else the ethanol was was very smooth to me uh bitterness and alcohol balance uh, malt in mid palate it's weird because this is not a super malty beer it's not over the it's not balanced toward malt but i don't get a ton of bitterness in here and i think in, in some beers like this that are are strong you know higher alcohol beers the ethanol does have kind of a uh, uh especially when it's more of a peppery ethanol you know whether it's smooth or peppery, that alcohol balances malt as much as hot bitterness does that's that's my own belief. I have no evidence of this at all, but <laughs> other than my own palate but i I do tend to think in beers like this alcohol is part of what what creates the balance uh it's well attenuated, which is you know great for a beer this big uh ethanol is largely smooth uh into a long finish that's you know malt and uh you know, a, a little bit of ethanol. Medium-low bitterness is, as I mentioned before, a little bit less than expected for style. And as it warms up, I, I definitely get a little fusel alcohol in here, which I didn't when it was was cooler. You know, I left let this out of the fridge for about 20 minutes before I, I judged it. And I get a little bit of, of fusel harshness in here uh, as it warms up. So flavor, 11 out of 20. Uh, mouthfeel. Uh, body is medium carbonation is is very low which may have may explain the absence of of head uh and there may be bottle variation in this you know i i had the one bottle so you never know in that situation uh less warming than i would have expected but it's there's still warming here and it may just be this is i think the last of the three beers that i judged so that might have made that warming seem a little less than Uh, actually is warranted from the alcohol. I'm definitely getting some warming right now. Having taken Mm -hmm. like an hour and a half break of drinking beer here, I'm definitely getting some warming. Uh, Neither creamy nor astringent. So I gave it three out of five because the carbonation is so important for this style. Uh, I I took two points off. Uh, Overall impressions, six out of 10 for a total of 30, which is still very good. Uh, I like this Mm -hmm. beer a lot. I, I think it does a good job of being uh, high alcohol uh, <laughs> period being, well, with, with, with the, <laughs> you, you made alcohol thank yeah. you. you you gave it to me yes yeah. you are a good man you know it, it, these are hard beers to make and uh, it, it, even a little bit of high temperature excursion during fermentation can lead you to have fusels there are some fusels in here but it's not a fusel bomb to me you know i you know, some, some of these i i've been judging beer for 20 years and you know 20 years ago sometimes you'd have any kind of high alcohol style and you'd hold it up to your nose and be like oh sweet jesus do i have this sample do i have to taste any of this to write something down on a score sheet uh it's certainly not like that Mm i i think there's there's some fusel but it's not not out not dominant in the beer uh i think that's the if the carbonation were correct that would fix the the mouthfeel and the appearance issues. And I think it also would have a a positive effect on on flavor. It would feel uh, lighter. It would it would have more of it would have more of the flavor. It draw more of the flavors that you want from this beer. So I think carbonating to a higher level, uh, which is as I've talked about on this show before, it's devilishly hard to do as a home brewer to carbonate uh, for anything, much less competition. And it's certainly hard to get carbonation up to a level where you really. Ideally, want it for a Belgian golden strong. Uh, also, if you because there is some fusel alcohol at this higher temperature, uh, I you know think about your uh, fermentation temperature, monitoring your fermentation temperature, uh, controlling your fermentation temperature, and it's especially important in big beers like this because if you if you put a fermenter in your basement or garage or wherever, and it's where it may be let's say fifty five degrees. That's not going to keep the yeast from going up to 90 or 100 when they're eating all that wort and and turning that into beer. Uh, so some kind of active fermentation control, if it's possible to do that, is always helpful for uh, for a really big beer like this. But uh, it's I think it's still a, a decent score. I think it's got a lot of potential as a beer, and I appreciate you sharing it with us.
3: Very good. All right, Cooper. Right on. Let's do it. Yeah, I agree a lot with a lot of what Brian said there. Um uh, in the aroma, it is quite fruity and estuary with some apricot and pear, lightly spicy with a low white pepper-like aspect. That's kind of nice. The alcohol is quite upfront and noticeable. I thought it was a bit on the solventy side in the nose. Um, the malt is pretty sweet, fairly neutral and out of the way as hoped. It it's uh, shouldn't be super distinctly malty of any certain kind. Um, so you know, the sugars and the malts used seem to to be playing right there. No DMS or diacetyl noted. Uh has just a low herbal floral hop. 7 out of 12 uh, for the aroma. Uh, agree on the uh the colors gray, deep golden color with a low whitish head uh, that falls flat fairly soon after pouring, leaving a thin collar, fine bubbles, and only a wisp of a cover, other than that. Fairly good clarity. Two out of three for appearance. Uh, yeah, it should it should have a much bigger, fluffier head to start, and it should linger very well too. Flavor wise, again, that low neutral malt flavor is good uh, with a big fruitiness, pear, peach like. It's just um, it's kind of dulled a bit, and I think that's probably because the carbonation isn't popping alongside that and pushing those flavors a little bit more. Uh, we'll get to that in mouthfeel. The uh, bitterness is medium with a low floral hop, a spicy, sharp note of peppery phenols throughout with a warming, somewhat sharp, alcoholic solventy note uh, pushing through pretty strongly. Um, the balance in this beer is to the alcohol and the yeast character, I would say. And if you had to say malt versus hops, you know, a little bit on the maltier side, um, when you get these fresh in uh, Belgium, which I haven't had the fortune to do yet in my life, uh, I understand that they're definitely a little hoppier than when we taste them here. And sometimes even the home the good homebrews that you get are modeled after some of those, and and people think that it's not supposed to be a hoppy style. But it, you know, read the guidelines, and you know there there should be a little more substantial hop, I think, than we have here. But yeah, uh, again, the fermentation of the beer seems strongly in the Belgian territory. Just maybe some issues of some signs of stress uh, or other issues going on with it. Uh, the beer finishes, I would say, semi dry. There's just there's a hint a hint of uh a bit, a bit of a sweetness in there. I don't know if it finished out all the way, but these should be very, very highly attenuated. Um, it may be that's just playing a little flabbier without the carbonation. It's like just, just playing that way. But uh, and it could be some sweetness from the alcohol as well. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, when I drank this last night, I was, I don't know, I don't know if it was the beer, but I started to get a little odd, little headache in the back of my head. Uh, thinking too, hard. You, you're thinking too you much. Get, get from higher yeah. alcohols. <laughs> Yeah, um, having to work your brain out yeah. a little bit. I know. I, I just yeah. never do that anymore. Yeah.
4: Can, can you smell toast? Are you smelling toast right now? <laughs>
3: <laughs> or can you the smell? It to- Has a little a faint toasty. Uh, no, yeah, no, oh. not really. How about toes? Can you smell toes? Yeah. No. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> the um. That's too bad. The beer is not as deceptive seeming uh, as many of these. Like sometimes the alcohol is just super smooth. This one, it, it's it's more noticeable as like okay, there's a there's a sharp alcohol there. Uh, medium full body, very obvious warmth, heat in there. And as it's warm, warms up, it goes further down the throat. Quite low CO2, or it should be very spritzy. And, uh, uh I took it down a few points on mouthfeel. I, I had a 10 on flavor just because of some of the issues I was finding there. Well, it's, like the style, it's pretty good, but, uh, mouthfeel is where it felt really flat. There's just, you know, no, since the carbonation is such a key aspect of it there's nothing there and it's really hurting the beer sadly. Yeah. Um just feels a bit lifeless because of that. Uh, and due to the, the kind of high body with the low carbon dioxide in, in in solution there. Um could be great on on draft, you know, and very different, but in these bottles this is how it's going. Um you know, it's just a good attempt at a Belgian golden strong, just needs much more CO2 to keep it as effervescent as it should be. Uh, you got to work to keep those higher alcohols at bay. Uh, use a big pitch of the intended yeast strain. Seems like the strain you used was you know, probably a good strain, but uh, it, it might have been a little stressed. Uh, plenty of oxygenation at the start. Um, the recipe part really doesn't seem too far off. The malts are right. Yeah, Hops are pretty much right. You could go a little higher on the hop. Um, seems like it's a good recipe, and you've brewed these before, so you know what you're doing with them um it's just uh you know dial back the malt sweetness um and the body a little bit and get the uh the yeast to attenuate a little bit better to dry it out i do agree with brian this is not a fusel bomb um and the co2 being added will push a lot of those flavors um i was getting six out of ten overall impression uh mine added up to a 27 i'm just gonna stick there but i could come up a point or two to i could see brian's Thirty as, as a reasonable score for it it's it's in the high end of good for me it just slightly misses the mark on style mainly because the carbonation and some might very minor flaws so just subtly down into that dipping down into that territory but it'd be easy to improve it and make it um even better for sure and um would love to see hear what your recipe is and all of that stuff and, and hear what yeah. mr jp has to say about it too well let me you know what
2: grinds mike no um yeah, I mean, obviously, I agree with with uh, most everything everyone says, uh, you know, in, in the flavor I get initially maybe a little bit of bubble gum. I got a little sort of the tea I can't figure out. Like, I don't know if I'm just not dialed in for it or not, but like maybe a touch of green apple skin, a little bubble gum. So maybe stressed ferment or whatever. Um, but I will say that the flavors that you have, like the fermentation byproducts and the the malt and, and the recipe, it, it's a, amazing flavor. The flavor is is solid, and I would love I mean, if, if this was I would probably I would settle between the two boys, I think it's maybe 29 30, right? Maybe. that car, the carbonation absolutely kills you on the score for this, but we already have been over that. But if you if, if this was carbonated, I would be easily like 37, something like that. It's just like it, I, I think that this beer is calling out for uh, way more effervescence and the flavors that you have are good. Are there some off flavors? I think so, yeah, but I think that you could easily overlook them because the the flavors that you have are predominantly awesome. They're very, very good. Like, they're dynamic. They're, um you know, they, they last a long time. They're not off-putting, and they're not cloying also. You can drink it, and there's enough, yeah. like, that pear, whatever you did for that pear sort of through the middle palate, oh. I think perks it up, and, you know, a lot of these beers can be Sweet and heavy, and kind of, I don't really, syrupy maybe, but this is not that. I mean, you could easily run this at like lower volumes and get, you know, a single and a double out of this recipe. And you could have such a dynamic beer with that same base recipe. It's very good. Uh, uh, You know, uh, very good. So, uh, excellent job. Let's go through your uh, recipe and then we can get to like questions and stuff.
0: Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So, clearly there's a flaw. Um, I would I would say uh actually I, so I entered this in the um hubs competition that they just had, the Placerville uh group up there. Yeah, oh, cool. And uh you guys are right there. I got I mean i 28, 29, and a 30. Wow. And carbonation being the issue. Um so I had brewed this uh early in March and I actually um added some dextrose to it and was gonna keg uh carbonate it. Okay. conditions Yeah. And uh what happened is like uh Brian Shar and I were talking about before the thing, we've had this weird weather where it's been up and down. Well, remember in March we had that big cold snap. Yeah. And so all of a sudden the house, you know, and I come in here and the, so, anyways, they didn't get to sit at 70 and I got behind the eight ball and had to stick them on CO2 before okay. I can get it bottled. So all the way around the carbonation has been an issue. It
2: barked you up a little bit,
0: yeah. Yep, yep,
3: yep. It might be so, adding uh, a little of that sweetness too, just the priming sh- sugar that didn't ferment all the way out and not, if it was more hmm. bone dry, it would play play a little. You I mean, think that's so? A good point. You think that, that was like three quarters cup or something like that? I mean, that's. It's not that much, uh, a couple points
2: or so. But really? Yeah. You think so? Okay. I, you know, I never knew that too. I always sort of like wondered that and it went back and forth and I just didn't really care anymore to figure it out.
4: Yeah. Well, that's what they call it home brewing, right? I mean. We have lives and jobs and families and everything else, <laughs> and and weather, we weather, and we can't you, not every, you, you can't control every variable no. a, for a lot of the time for most people. And it's just, yeah. you know, life gets in the way of, of brewing. And that's we could all everyone that brew, homebrews could empathize with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Except me. What was the, uh, <laughs> the yeast strain and, and the uh, water and, all, and that sort of stuff?
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it hops uh, came out to uh, eighty five grams of uh, priming sugar per keg, so that's what mm. was in there. But uh, mm. so this this recipe is seventy one percent pilsner malt, uh, five pounds of candy sugar, uh, five percent uh something that I forgot to add in it. That as any home brewer can empathize with me. Probably <laughs> yeah. the reason for the low head retention. <laughs> um pound and a half of white wheat that
5: mm-hmm. didn't make it mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Okay. Ah, okay all right right
0: yeah
4: that that that'll do it that that unmalted wheat is critical to getting that giant head and it it does have a little bit of a flavor contribution although i didn't really miss miss it in the flavor
0: right maybe in mouthfeel perhaps just a little yeah yeah, yeah that's maybe. a good point yeah um and then uh some crystal 15 that's it um the hops Man. uh bittering hops with uh ekg and then 30 minutes ekg and saws and uh for the water i i filter i have a point point oh five micron filter and uh it's not it's not the regular carbon but i did add uh calcium chloride canning salt Ebsen salt and gypsum uh Looks like about two grams each or so.
4: What what were the amounts of hops
0: that you added? Uh let's see. Two point six ounces of EKG at 60 minutes, and a half an ounce of EKG and a half an ounce of Saws at 30. And then my hop stand was another ounce of Saws and another half ounce of EKG.
4: Okay. Those are great hops, but neither one of them are real big alpha acid hops, which might be like, I think, like, uh, I think maybe all three of us kind of noted the hop bitterness was maybe a little low for style.
2: Oh, yeah, uh, that's the first thing that stood out <clears throat> to me. Yeah, all three of us at the same time, but me first a little bit, and then you guys uh, after me. Uh, 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 yeah,
4: but yeah, th- those are great hops, but I'm not sure I wouldn't, I wouldn't go with something more like a horizon or a, uh, something like that. That's a very neutral, bittering hop. It's also it, it's I don't know. It's German. It's closer to Belgium than England is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I
5: like, <laughs> man.
3: I like how I like how everything tastes. I, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with it. It's it's more complex in the malt than than the typical one. And I think that yeah. might. I don't know. I would honestly either dial back a little bit, like the crystal, the, the caramel malt edition. Even though it's a fairly light, it's you don't need it. I mean, most of them are just you know going to be pilsner, Belgian pilsner malt with sugars, and that's about it. But don't they do
2: like a four-hour boil or something for them too to cut caramelize it a little bit? I'm not sure
3: on that, honestly. But okay. that probably it could be. Brian, you're supposed to be an expert. They, they use the sugars. <laughs> they use the sugars to boost the gravity. I don't think they drive a four-hour boil. No. Hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I four hours. I'm
4: Yeah, it could be three. I don't know. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know that the 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 crystal malt is really hurting you here. I mean, I don't. I'm not getting a ton of of sweetness Mm -hmm. out of this beer. To me, it's pretty well attenuated. There is some degree of of low sweetness. It's endemic to all high alcohol beers, and endemic makes it sound bad. Mm -hmm. It's just part of what the you know strong beers are typically going to have some degree of very low sweetness in the background. Just because of the, you know, the high starting gravity and the fact you're not going to finish it, you know, 10.02 or something like that. Um, and I, I don't know, I think, it, I think it works. I think the problem here
2: is that this is a hard beer to make, probably an expensive mm-hmm. beer to make, I would guess. Mm-hmm. And it's lacking, I think, the one of the basic, you know, a- ingredients, I guess, which is carbonation. So I would hesitate personally to adjust anything before I had it properly carbonated. And I don't know how you're going to do that. I mean, maybe you still have some in the keg so you can make that determination. Because, again, the flavor is, is awesome. And I, I I personally wouldn't touch a single thing. I would love to see this just with carbonation and see what that does.
0: Yeah, it's on tap. It's properly carbonated now. Okay, and, so
2: what do you uh, think the difference is? Do you think it's it's, it's helpful? What do you think it, what these guys is, are saying is good?
0: The carbonation in the beer is helpful, but it's still... It's not helping with the head or anything. It's still falling flat, that weed addition. You know, so. Okay.
2: But how about like flavors? Yeah. Like, like, uh, Cooper saying, kill the crystal, Shar saying, uh, don't, you don't I, have to, but
0: I think the flavor is great. I've okay. just recently started to pick up that little bit of bubble gum that you mentioned.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: and that, that, that pear through the middle is just phenomenal in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Kind of, yeah, one what,
3: really nice thing about it for sure. What yeast but, did you uh use with this?
0: That was uh Imperial's triple double. Okay. Huh. All right. And it's it's rated for the Belgian Golden Strong, and you know, they don't say where they where it originated from or where they claim it did, but yeah, it's uh,
2: it's almost like, you know, sitting out here for the however long we do doing the show, 35 minutes, it's it's um almost like a spiced pear liqueur kind of thing thing there's there's it's almost like a spiced nose to it i don't know man i i bet this carbonated you know rules but of course you do what you want to do if you need some more like you know uh girth or whatever through right. through the body <laughs> but maybe that white weed is fine so maybe you you add that in and maybe that was that's your change properly carbonate it of course send it to us and Absolutely. then maybe that's it i don't know every man needs more girth jp but
4: uh have you, no that's rob, not what my therapist you... <laughs> says. my therapist says that whatever
2: girth we are born with is fine
4: that's uh we all have to be ourselves, yeah, but rob, Rob, have you used that yeast before, or is this your first time time using that?
0: That is my first time using that yeast, and I think the esters that it threw off are double what the the competition's yeast was that I had
4: hmm. it's fl- is that what motivated yeah. you to to try that out as you weren't happy with the ester levels you had before?
0: yeah it was hard to get in fact, I even kind of warmed the fermentation on this one to try to pull some of those out of there and yeah. uh, maybe changing the yeast was all I needed to do and keep my temper where I had it and what you said, char would
2: <laughs> yeah i I love the flavor of this beer, dude. I think it's awesome Yeah. yeah, so give it a shot i I would stick with that yeast personally. go take it over to your soda stream j p and just go. <laughs> I don't <laughs> have one, but uh, ironically enough, we've been talking about getting one
1: yeah.
2: because we want to spend money on dumb shit. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. You know, they used to have that uh, thing. I don't know if they still make it anymore. It was the adapter for a, CO- a two liter soda bottle that you can put a ca- yes. a, a thing on, a, a CO2 uh, ball lock on. I have one in a rubber made container in my garage. There yeah. you go. That would be the perfect thing for this. You can just. Yeah, I pop really it would. in, shake it up, and uh, you know, explode everywhere. Mm. Yeah. Rob, anything <laughs> else? Any other questions for for the lads?
0: Um I don't think so. Uh I think it did finish pretty low. I mean, finishing gravity was twelve, so um Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh I think
2: Carbonation's
3: weird, man. It really yeah, does it has- a lot. Yeah. 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 So, and it started up in the seven, 1070s or so, or 1080?
0: Uh, starting was 1083 on this. Okay. It's wow. 1012. Um, plenty of oxygen, uh, you know, yeah. pitch. I uh, did a big two-liter starter.
3: Um I thought it might just be a perception thing that the, mm-hmm. the sweetness is more noticeable without that per- perkiness there of the carbon dioxide. Did you guys get
2: bubblegum? kind of green apple yeah. thing too or no okay yeah and yeah, but little,
3: but that's not is that out
2: of style gum.
3: i don't think that's out of style right for a Belgian yeah, a lot of a lot of esters can get cranked out in these belgian ferments yeah. uh you know any kind of fruit is fair game and bubble gum i think is just a combination of fruits you know it's yeah. strawberry and banana uh traditionally for like the bazooka mm. Joe type okay uh, okay add other fruits but yeah mm
2: interesting so it's not necessarily always of a, uh, a yeast issue it could just be phenols combining yes or uh esters combining esters combine i get always guy will never get those two correct yeah um okay cool i love it
3: learn something new man you know, it's a great it's a good beer yeah yeah it was i'd like to i'd like to have it carnated too and uh yeah I'll keep keep doing that one yeah all right the recipes did seem really good to me so it's more interesting than most of them.
2: <laughs> yeah, just don't uh, forget your weed again, dude. Right, got eat your weedies. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> all right, Rob, that's it. We'll let you split. All right, cool guys. Cool. Thanks
0: for having me on. Thanks right, dude. for being your...
2: here. You got yeah, it. Send Thank another you. one sometime. Yeah. yeah, thanks for being Absolutely. here. All right, brother. We'll do it. Later. Thanks. We're going to take a quick break here. We're going to come back, and we have, uh, what do we have, an ESB or something like that coming up next? Yeah, Kevin's got an English strong bitter for us. All right, Kevin's in the waiting room. We'll get him on here. Hang on, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. What's up, homebrewers? Hey, let me ask you a question. You spend a lot of time making your beer taste the way you want it to, right? Some of you even send beers into Dr. Homebrew for feedback. Well, the next logical step in your creativity is to craft some labels for those beers. And there's nobody better at creative labels than Grog Tag. Their easy-to-use designs let you turn out some pretty amazing stuff like labels, bottle caps, coasters, even six-pack carriers with minimal effort on your part. They have a range of label sizes that fit any vessel you can think of. Bottles, cans, growlers, kegs. Grogtag has you covered. Head over to grogtag.com today and check out their line of amazing, fully customizable templates and get your beer looking its best. Grog Tags are water-resistant, reusable, and will have your naked bottles looking great in no time. That's grogtag.com, and be sure to use code BNARMY at checkout to save 10% on your order.
1: Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a backhouse in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing, and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out.
4: Back to Dr. Homebrew.
2: All right, thanks for hanging on, everybody. We are back here with another homebrew and another homebrewer, Kevin welcome to the show man
6: thanks for having me appreciate it
2: yeah absolutely what do you got here what did we you send us a strong bitter
6: yeah so this is a british strong bitter i've been making this for a bit and keep kind of tooling with the recipe as i go each time
2: same yeah i hear you
6: (laughs) but there's not a whole lot
2: really to work with in a grain bill so are you just sort of like fine-tuning everything
6: Pretty much, I mean, just experimenting with different things like different yeasts or okay. different temperatures. Uh, just finding the right mix of, of of different kind of malts to kind of get the flavors I'm looking for.
2: No, while wow, you're really going for—is this your favorite style?
6: Uh, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it's definitely a fond one. Okay, I think I kind of broke, like, cut my teeth. I think learning to like beer, drinking like bitters and and, and dry stouts. Nice. Uh, all so, right, it brings back fond memories when I
2: sip on one. Awesome. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Brian's, I'm gonna need you both to come down a little bit because I okay I'd, I'd in, I'd in goose in score or in our uh... in both <laughs> yes <laughs> preferably in score yes absolutely because uh cat no I don't know I'm just kidding uh yeah We're just have some volume. live, live level testing right great. here okay that's great yeah okay yeah, yeah. I'll cut it all out all right Cooper why don't you start all off, right
3: buddy? yeah Um the beer had a good fill level light hiss upon opening. Uh, In the nose, I'm getting a pleasant, bready, toasty malt aroma up front. The medium-low earthy, lightly herbal hop, medium fruity esters. Uh, It's clean, no DMS or diacetyl, only a faint caramel in the background. But um, it seems to exhibit a really clean ale fermentation. I do like the yeast character in it. Uh, It's, you know, characterful English without being too over the top and gnarly. Uh, You know, uh, appearance-wise, it's a rich, deep orangey-amber color. Has a medium, low, whitish head that persists admirably. Very finely formed with tight foam and uh, fine bubbles. Uh, So I had a 10 out of 12 on the aroma. 3 out of 3 on appearance. It's right there. Wonderfully clear. In the flavor, it's got a really nice, rich, bready, and lightly biscuit-like malt uh, with a faint caramel. Uh, It's nicely complex. I like that about this beer, is that the the malt has uh, a lot of different aspects being played here, it's not just a one note uh song <laughs> that 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 um <laughs> uh medium bitterness rises uh you know nicely to to balance the the beer the malt aspect pretty well um low earthy floral hop flavor quite fresh tasting um overall the beer finishes dry uh but the malt hints at a sweetness there that lingers into the aftertaste with those a little bit of that hot bitterness not too much hop flavor um but because it dries off the palate is pretty dry clean ale fermentation ODMS, or diacetyl uh let's say it's got a smooth medium bitterness uh but not not really edgy i think it might benefit from a little bit more of an edge to the malt and i think that might be a mineral thing uh, but i'll talk about that a little bit more later uh, there is a low, very low resiny aspect to the hop, which I like. And I might like to see a little more of uh, the beer has a medium, medium, full body in the mouth. Uh, oh, 14 out of 20 for uh, flavor. The beer has a medium to uh, medium kind of medium, full body. It's not just down to medium only. It's a little above medium plus, I guess I should say. But it's, I find it very smoothly quaffable. It's like a bold and fuller bodied uh, characterful beer. You i haven't really said anything about the alcohol the alcohol is just kind of there it's not super noticeable it's real clean and and uh easy and low i'm not getting any any real warmth in the the mouthfeel but yeah it's just goes down really easy uh medium low carbonation drives it well uh it's not really creamy or and there's no astringency here either kind of where it needs to be for mouthfeel four out of five there Yeah, uh, pretty much where it needs to be um Overall, I really enjoyed this. The strong bitter, um, it plays quite well to style. The malt complexity is excellent and fresh tasting at a nice level. I feel like the bitterness and the, the resiny aspect of the hop flavor could come up just a bit more, not intensely, uh, but it wouldn't doing so wouldn't hurt the already really nice balance that's here of of, of flavors. Um, you know, I guess just use the freshest possible, most authentic hops. Uh, you know that the characterful. English hops for the recipe some of them will even use US hops but if you do that you should use a really light hand don't go crazy with those uh but perhaps also you know um I don't know, we'll talk about your water but just if you're already adjusting your water towards more of a Burton ale type profile you might push it a little more towards that territory just to touch more and that's going to help the the hop have that kind of edge that I want it to have just a little bit more that's going to play off the dryness that's there, the nice malt flavors that are there, and just have that little edge. That's just what I'm. The only thing I'm slightly missing. I landed at a thirty-nine on this beer. I think it's excellent, uh, and you can improve it from here and 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 you know do do really well in competitions with this beer uh, if you haven't already. But yeah, um, <laughs> love to hear what what Brian might have to say about the beer too. Yeah. All
4: right. All right, Brian. All right. Uh, so, Kevin, I have to begin with the question that I always use, except for with uh, uh, Rob in the previous uh, segment where I totally forgot to ask. Wow. Uh, are you in a homebrew club? I am. I'm with the uh, Silicon Valley Sudsers. Ah, they're uh, a great club. When I used to live in the peninsula, we would do things with them and always, always a good group. Anybody in the Bay Area on the peninsula should uh, uh, take a look at what Sudsers is one of their homebrew club options.
3: Don't they have like a, a computer tower that has a tap on it that, <laughs> that they bring out to the uh, the Northern California Homebrew Festival to pour beer sometimes? I don't know. It's been a while. That's very funny.
2: Yeah. It'd be very fitting. I, Probably like I, one of those old like Apple IIs or whatever yeah. that's like wildly <laughs> rare. But like, I don't know, man, I feel like my grandpa gifted this to me. So let's make a beer tower out of
4: it. One <laughs> mm, of those old puke green uh, Macintoshes. Yeah. Didn't even have a fan that was passively cool. <laughs> You can passively cool it with beer. Yeah. yeah, I love that. So so cool. Uh, Yeah, I I enjoyed this beer quite a bit. I echo a lot of what uh, Brian had said. Uh, Aroma. I got a low earthy hop aroma. uh, Low caramel aroma. Medium low malt aroma overall. Nothing off in the aroma. No diacetyl. Nothing else that shouldn't be there. Uh, It doesn't smack you in the face, but it's not supposed to this is a british style and most british styles aren't aren't going to be like that so 9 out of 12 for aroma appearance 3 out of 3 uh head is low with long retention same classic it's classic british style uh characteristic uh this beer is crystal clear colors medium amber uh flavor 15 out of 20 initially the impression is low malt with uh hot bitterness coming up to balance uh earthy hop flavor at a low level uh kind of comes up mid palate as well uh there's a very low toasty malt flavor uh it's well attenuated finish is quick and uh, balanced toward malt it's not one of these beers where the finish the when you're drinking it and you're done and the flavor just drops off a cliff that's usually an indication that something's wrong there's a difference between a finish that is somewhat rapid like this and something where it just stops. So, again, that's part of, I think, the drinkability factor of this beer. And that's one of the hallmarks of the style and the style guidelines. And I think one of the hallmarks of drinkability is you drink it, you enjoy it, it lasts a little bit, then you're ready for another sip. Hell yeah. Which I just had. So, uh, 15 out of 20 for flavor. Mouthfeel, 5 out of 5. I get a a little bit of low warming from this. Which... It's interesting because the style is four point, looking at the guidelines, it's what uh, 4.6 uh, to 6.2. And it's, of course, for Britain, that's strong. That's <laughs> always kind of funny when you think about these beers, uh, yeah. that it's a strong bitter, but it might be 4.6%. Uh, well, and it's, it,
2: it's funny because it, that's a giant range, too. It, it really is. I mean, and, you I, know, what the hell's going on up there?
3: Sometimes exactly. the guidelines will be accommodating just one, you know, one beer that's a little bit of an outlier in the high end of something or the low end of something yep. and, oh, and pull okay. it in. Yeah. Could so Just make that range fit there. But yeah. Sometimes they will mention that, the totally, outliers too. Yeah. Like an honorary totally doctorate right. or something like that. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, it's right. kind of a doctor, but you know, it's yeah, like a doctor of homebrew. There you go. Right. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and as a brief aside, uh, this is the style that had been called ESB in the previous guidelines and oh. multiple previous editions, but they don't call it ESB because ESB is a registered trademark of Fuller's. Is it really? So, yeah, I did not know that. And as an IP attorney, I'm like, wow, that's very interesting. <clears throat> I did not know that. And it's much like how anchor steam, like steam beer can only be made by anchor, uh, and everything right. else is California common. Right. Uh, Same thing with ESB. So apparently, the only beer that can be an ESB is Fuller's, uh, which is a great, great ESB, by the way. Uh, But for everybody else, just makes a strong bitter. I I
3: still like calling these ESBs. Oh, yeah, I I do too.
4: Well, and I think all in, I suspect this guideline was also an attempt to get away from what lingering attachment people might have to Red Hook ESB, if that's even still manufactured or other U.S. variants that may not be in ESB. But anyway, uh, back to mouthfeel. Low warming, medium body, low carbonation, neither creamy nor astringent. Is five out of five. Uh, overall impression, uh, give it an eight for a total of 40. Uh, I think this is a very drinkable, which is a, a good score. It's, it's excellent, actually. It's not good. It's an excellent score. It's a very drinkable beer. Uh, and you know, as I said before, it's the one of the hallmarks of this style. Even at that kind of strong, you know, five, six percent, you can still have several of these and not be uh, all loopy. This is a, a very tasty beer with no off aromas or flavors. Uh, I I judged this after it had been out of my fridge for maybe 45 minutes. And I had a note that maybe a little more malt character would be welcome. But as it warms up, to this has been sitting at room temperature for probably two hours now i get a lot of malt flavor now mm-hmm. i had a it, there was a a good medium level of or maybe medium low malt flavor beforehand but it really it really kind of comes up the one thing that i might do i might change that would be it, it's hard to find things to change with this beer because it's so good yeah uh, one of the things that the uh guidelines talk about is you know, a uh, low toasty bready type flavor, and maybe a little more bready. You know, uh, you know, bread crust toast. Just a hint more. It just is a little bit. It is might help crisp. Yes, and it is.
2: Um, I don't want to say American because it's not necessarily what I mean, but I think you're right. I think it finishes clean. There is that caramel on the end. But yeah, I think just a little something that in, evokes like inherently British,
3: kind of a toffee or something. Yeah,
2: I way. think that might be what yeah. this needs to just round off, round off that. Um, I don't want to call it sharpness, but you know what I mean. That that like yeah, there is this beer little is bit done. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, the the cliff right there just
3: to soften that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I think you're right. I just get it, mostly two percent caramel. Yeah, bread bread crust and and biscuits in here. And yeah, there's the, the caramel aspect was low to me, but it doesn't have to have a ton. It's there's wide variability, and to get the balance right, mm-hmm. you can play different ways. But um, yeah, it's it's a really good beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did you give it, Char?
4: I gave it a forty.
5: And Cooper, remind me again when you gave it. Thirty nine, <laughs> sir. Okay. I um. I'm
2: doing what i hate and uh and drinking on the air while it's my turn to talk. you know I
3: don't like that um well, well we can talk while you're drinking it's
2: no okay. overall i i I do like this beer I, I personally for me, I think it's a little heavy on the like crystal malts or caramel malts um but you know it, it it sounds like you're you're brewing this to find what you want and you're just kind of goofing around, so you know far be it for me. But if I was paying for it, I'd be like, "Yeah, I mean, it's it. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go back to what I said. I think it's it's almost like inherently American because it it doesn't really taste British, but uh, but it's that it's like a late '90s craft beer, which I like. I miss that era of <laughs> craft beer. Sometimes, <laughs> um, like I just made a pale ale with a bunch of crystal malt in it. I think it was pretty good.
3: They called it microbrews back then.
2: Yeah, right. Before gastropub was was screamed into existence. Um, but I think it is a, it is a great beer. There's a lot of good flavor to it. I I think I want a little more yeast character too. I think I want a little, I think I want a little something because right now it's just sort of like a lot of caramel malt and then, um, and then it's, and then it goes off a cliff. It's just, it's done. It's like the graph ends. I want to stretch this a little bit. I want to stretch this experience out because I do like it. It starts really fresh and inviting and sort of enveloping. And then it just, it's done. Does that make sense? char's I'm, nodding man, cooper that, is man. is is frozen in time he's like i don't know i'm just man. i yeah, don't know what this kid's I, fucking saying I,
3: i'm just listening You're, there are words coming out of your mouth but I'm are not they making exactly sense sure uh yeah okay because sometimes fit
2: together yeah neither do i that's the beauty of 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 doing this live you know yeah we should do a, a pre-scripted show one day just to not teach you guys british a lesson
3: not, not british, british enough. enough that's what i, I think I yeah, yeah. i mean when yeah. i'm talking about the yeast character it's like it's it's so just clean it's not super characterful but uh i think maybe the the malt complexity is uh, might be covering up the yeast complexity a little bit i don't know or but maybe that
2: maybe that's it maybe it's it is the malt complexity that that kevin wants to drive here and not the yeast characteristic
3: and in talking to him about it he's been working on it for a while and sometimes you can go yeah. a little too kitchen sink and where if you just go back to the basics like okay a British strawberry yeah. is this and this and you know. Well let's find out. So I would give it I would give it a thirty eight. Okay I literally it, plucked that from the ether. If you can get some crisp Maris Otter as your base, you know, and just get some really, really well, let's good see what he floor had. malted English barley. Yeah. Uh, that is gonna be the key to this making this beer right. Heaven. And the water. The water too.
2: Hit us with uh, hit us with your recipe, man. Let's let's get let's get into this. I love English right. style and, beers. It, it, let's do it.
6: And, and certainly, one of the reasons I like this beer is it's it's supposed to be like a common man's beer, right? Something you just have in the pub. Uh, yeah. So it, it 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 is it's it isn't one of those beers that hits you in the face for sure. It's yes. Very just drinkable. But anyway, so the recipe I, I made five gallon batch, five and a half gallon batch, uh, ten ten a little over ten pounds of. of Extra pale Maris Otter malt, uh, uh, an ounce and twelve ounces of English pale ale. About eight ounces of biscuit. I used, a, and I, it was kind of a kitchen sink. I have like, <laughs> whenever I'm putting my recipes together, I have kind of things in my little area, and I go, oh, how about this? And so what I got in it is eight ounces of Keraston malt thirty five, Lovey Bond uh, crystal fifty five, eight ounces of that, and then. You know, in the past, I've used uh, like uh, midnight wheat to kind of adjust the color, but this time I used some uh, crystal one hundred and fifty.
5: Mm. So, and for
6: me it kind of there was more malt flavor than I that I usually have gotten. And then I used about four ounces of that, a couple ounces of acid malt, and then I don't know why, but the first time I made this, I put a little honey malt in it. And this has got about three ounces of honey malt. I don't know if you can actually taste it, but just something I kind of went with, and then for the uh, for the hops, I, I do did a, a three quarters of an ounce at sixty minutes for of Magnum for bittering, uh, thirty minutes of EKG, uh, three quarters of an ounce, fifteen minutes an ounce of EKG, and then uh, for the last five minutes another ounce of EKG.
4: I would take the honey malt out. Yeah, we 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 yeah. consistently on the show do. I don't know, it's, it's just the three of us, but consistently the honey malt is not a thing that adds anything to beer.
6: Yeah.
2: Well, and especially because I think you have, if I remember correctly, a couple of caramely kind of things. Right. I don't think right. the honey malt is benefiting there at all. I think if you no, if the honey malt was like it, you know, and you're making like a blonde ale, right. um, you
3: know, that can kind of like pep it up a little bit. But yeah, I think yeah, in true.
2: this, I think it's a little too. I think it's a
3: little too much. Yeah the carastan other caramel stuff in there should be good the the biscuit like that I picked that up that's nice I wouldn't do anything there nice biscuity mhm um, mm-hmm. can you yeah um i know a lot of people like to use magnum for bittering and it's a you know it's a good way to get the ibus that you need without um adding a lot of plant matter to your beer but um you know why not uh, why not bitter with the, the EKG or a Fuggles or something? I don't know, maybe a, a, an English hop as well, and just keep it all English might be one way to go too. um, instead so of the German Magnum. Um, yeah, thanks. That'd
6: be great. Yeah, I definitely could. I in past iterations I have, uh, but I just have the Magnum on hand and I think yeah,
4: It won't hurt it, you know, but yeah, like, Magnum's very neutral.
2: Yeah. What, does what, it, does what? it matter? Does that, does that, um, cause you've said this before, Coop. Uh, I think to Rob does the bittering matter that much like if the 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 source because you don't really get a whole lot of flavor or aroma or I feel like maybe that
3: was disproven a couple years ago the flavor of the hops just disappears but yeah as you go earlier and earlier in the boil the less of the hop actual flavor carries through at least the the more volatile uh, aspects of it but I just you know from a tradition standpoint why not use English Ingredients. in an Okay, English beer.
2: so it's not like um, a functional reason. It's just because it feels good. It's, it's vibes. just
3: because yes. you're brewing
2: on vibes, and I appreciate that. Okay, and i yeah. just I just wanted to clarify because in case I in case I was incorrect by something, but I'm not. I'm no, smart. It, I know exactly what's going on.
6: It makes it more British, right? To use <laughs> right. Yeah. all
4: EKG. Yeah, how can what this get was, more British? Um,
2: none. None more British. Was, uh, none.
4: None more British. So, Kevin, what did, did I miss? <laughs> Did you did
6: you yeast? mention what yeast you used? Yeah. I didn't say. I used a Lelamon's Nottingham yeast.
5: Okay. Hmm. And
6: Classic. I, I've used that one, and then I've used Windsor, and I don't know which one I like better.
2: Have uh, you ever Nottingham. used West Yorkshire from White Labs? I
6: haven't.
2: That I is haven't. Jamil turned me on to that. He goes, I will never make a British yeast or a British beer without this yeast. Okay. Ferment it a little cold, 66, 68 awesome great beer a great yeast i will never make a british yeast a uh, british beer uh without it too. give it a shot it's very uh, flavorful uh nottingham is sort of more on the neutral side if i remember because we used to uh more beer we used to give that for i think in replacement for champagne yeast for bottle conditioning i forget or something like that it was pretty like neutral early on right yeah, a I, lot of people use yeah. it
3: and yeah, it works works well sometimes too.
2: I mean sure. it ferments, you know, but uh, I guess Clean. it depends on what you want. If you want a, a a yeast-driven beer, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that, but if you want to focus more on malt and hops then yeah, I mean, you
1: know, more so neutral then, uh, side. Uh, um actually,
3: down to the Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
6: I was going to say yeah, actually this round one of the things I did was try to uh, ferment it hotter than I normally do. So I raised the temperature kind of towards the higher end of it at about 66 degrees for like 10 days. You can go higher, uh, I think. To try to get some of that that yeast character. But you're saying higher? I, I mean, I, I would.
3: What do you guys think? 68, I would think. It's not over-the-top estuary. Yeah. Uh, you could go up two degrees. No. It wouldn't hurt it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But would, it, would might it, get a little more character out of that. But yeah. yeah. Work with the range that your yeast wants. If you're using the Nottingham, yeah, you could go to 68 if you're using the uh the yorkshire maybe keep it down to the 66 67 i had great
2: i mean i i did that uh that dark mild uh with that west yorkshire at 68 and i I think it came over really well yeah um what about water did you do any water adjustments there's actually no water in here this is a waterless yeah
6: it is like 95 percent water i think (laughs) shit
2: (laughs) i always get one thing wrong on this show and that that was it
6: So I I did kind of do a Burton-esque kind of water. So it's interesting your feedback because I I didn't want to push it all the way to to Burton-on-Trent water because it was just going to be so many different, uh, you know, brewing salts to put in. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had uh, sulfates were about 339, fluoride 66, uh, magnesium 20, calcium 180, sodium 66. And then bicarbonates, I think we're about 271 with the additions.
0: Okay. That's actually sounds pretty good. The sodium seems a
3: little maybe. What did you <laughs> say? High. You 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 blipped sodium out there for a second. What, what Sorry, did you say? yeah. The sodium seems maybe a little high high, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's not a big deal. Like are there are they where did that come from? This
5: one of the sodium bicarbonate or uh you know, I don't exactly know. What I used
6: I added a little bit of baking soda.
5: Okay,
3: yeah.
6: Calcium chloride, canning salt,
5: yeah. That's talk,
6: the... Epsom salt and gypsum, a little bit of everything in it to get it I used my my just uh the the tap water and then I adjusted it with some of those brewing salt.
5: Okay.
6: Did yeah, you make measure
4: your tap water first, or is it like such hatch hatchy water that's got nothing in it that you didn't didn't bother?
6: You know, I'm 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 not hundred percent sure. I've never done an official evaluation of it. I'm just going off the water report from my uh, from my district—that's yep. a couple of years old.
4: Okay, but okay. I think no, it if is... you're on the peninsula, you're probably getting hetch hetchy water, which means that it's pretty much as close to nothing in it as you can
3: get. Everybody's water's going to be different this year. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for sure. Oh god! Yeah, I was looking. Yeah.
4: I I think that you know, kind of backing up a little bit. I I have nothing against dry yeast that has gotten so much better than it was when. We all started brewing, but I'm not sure that Nottingham is necessarily going to give you the complexity that is going to take you up, uh, you know, up in that territory between 40 to 50. And there are right. so many choices. And I, I pulled up while we were chatting here uh, that West Yorkshire is actually a Y-East uh, 1469. And that's available year-round, uh, apparently. Looks, looks, looks like it's a year-round available uh, item. There is a Yorkshire yeast that White Labs makes, but it's a seasonal, apparently like January, February. Uh, but you you might play around with some alternatives. Uh, and you know, dry yeast, you know, depending on how you brew and the time you have allotted for brewing, it may be that dry yeast is your best choice. Uh, but you might play around with, you know, trying some different different yeasts like the West Yorkshire or something else from some different vendors. Or even if you have the ability and the time, you'll break up some wort into, you know, gallon jugs or something. Try each one with a different yeast, oh, yeah. see how it how they vary. Uh, just I would suggest that that's an easy way because this this beer is so good as it is. You know, we're kind of in a way we're having angels dance on the head of a pin here to figure out how to improve it. Uh, but that that to me seems like aside from the honey malt, which I think we're all like, yeah, get rid of that. Uh, uh, I, I think that you know, the, the yeast is probably the low-hanging fruit here. Uh, yeah. Hey, look at and maybe, fucking Walt know.
2: Whitman over here.
4: <laughs>
2: Angels dancing on the head of a pin, don't you know? I know that's not mm. Walt Whitman, but uh, anyway, sorry, go
4: That's ahead. That's the leprechaun from Lucky Charms. <laughs> yes, or uh. the
2: movie. I mean, you know.
4: Yeah. Lep in the hood, Lep five.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um. So, Kevin, have you entered this in any competitions? And if so, how did it do? Did you get any good feedback score-wise? Score how did it fall? Yeah. You know, I've, I've, like I said, I've been doing different iterations
6: of this over the last two or three years. And uh, last year, I think I got a few ribbons. You know, first place at Santa Clara. Just read this. The stuff you're drinking was in the World Cup of Beer. And actually, Brian, uh, the reason I went to this is you were one of the judges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: I was I was on best of show round uh there at uh, World Cup. Yes. And did I score that similarly? Exactly the same. You got a second place. You scored it at
3: 39 and Damn, Dude,
6: that's
3: amazing. That's awesome, man. That's cool. Ah, oh, that feels good. I didn't even remember what yeah. I I remember seeing you win a ribbon there. So uh yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's great. And so, yeah, I think the other judge, uh, that was working with me liked it as well. And we,
2: I love that. I love yeah. it when like shit just kind of like melds together. I mean, it's a small community, but I don't think it's ever happened where that someone's like, the- I have fucking receipts from the last time. And you actually did a good job.
4: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We we avoided the embarrassment of Brian giving it like uh you know the same that score at World Cup and give it up like a nineteen here. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> actually
2: be... dog shit. Like yeah. I hate this. <laughs> no judge worth their salt would ever ever score this higher than a twenty. Mm. I was
6: worried about that because it, it's pretty old. I, I brewed this. I actually kegged this back right before Valentine's Day.
2: Really, it does not taste oh, wow. that. I mean, yeah. I wonder if it's just the caramel, but um. No, it tastes great. I mean it it tastes it tastes great. It's a great beer. Um personally I would tweak it a couple, you know, different yeah. places. Um definitely not as clean fermenting. I want a little more esters in there, like I said, but uh it's
6: great, man. Do you have any That's questions for, for yeah. the boys? No, I think this is great. I've been taking okay. notes as you all have been talking cool. and I'm, I'm really excited to give a new yeast a try. Uh and yeah, and yeah that honey ball, one dude. of my last from last year, one of my notes to myself was should I remove the honey malt? So you have helped me figure that out. <laughs> I yeah, do remove it. Remove that. It's it's do not it. neat. Um, but yeah, I think I definitely am going to give that because certainly with this beer, I was trying to kind of bring out some of that yeast character a little bit. I don't really particularly like a lot of yeast in my beer anyway. Okay. But for this to so the style, I thought it would be good to kind of get a little bit more. So I appreciate the tip on the Yorkshire.
3: Get, yeah, age.
2: yeah, give it a shot 68 something like that and you know and see it mm-hmm. it, it might kick off you know too much but it's a, it's such a like a broad spectrum of of that fruitiness that I think it's going it, to I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. Give it a shot, see what
3: happens. Yeah. You know, maybe try one or two changes at a time though cuz we're talking about like oh yeah. yeast, we're talking about I'm talking about like maybe bump up the gypsum in your water, the calcium sulfate a mm-hmm. little yeah. bit. But go subtle if you do adjust that. You might be able to get away with that and the yeast change and yeah. taking away the honey malt and not have the malt complexity suffer at all. Do that um, first.
2: Yeah, you can, you can,
3: because yeah, the yeast yeah. you can
2: dial in whenever, but I think the malt is is obviously key. So maybe dial that in first, like Cooper's saying, um, because yeah, you can really kind of go nuts. And it sounds like this is a project beer for you. So you're going to be doing yeah. this multiple times anyway. So you'll yeah. figure it I do out. Yeah.
6: Once or twice a year, I okay. do this one. Mm-hmm. And but uh, you know I do have a question about the water. If you could give me, so you're saying raise the gypsum to bring up the uh, calcium carbonate or something the, in
3: there? The calcium yes. sulf the sulfates oh, just okay. a little bit, and the sulfates what they do with the hops is they make it play just a little bit different, and it, and it get ha- has that little more of a hoppy edge. Right. That you, as the beer is, it seems like it dried out pretty well, I would guess, and uh as the beer dries off your tongue. The, the minerals kind of grab hold of it and the, the hops are just accented a little bit more and you know the hop level is already good i wouldn't adjust that too much if you wanted to change you know the magnum to ekg at the same IBUs that's fine you could keep it the magnum it really it's not gonna be a big difference. Um but yeah you know it's the the water is gonna make the hops just cut a little more and uh Mm-hmm. Uh, the best the best of the English bitters I've had have just a little bit when as it dries off, you get that white little mineraly It doesn't have to be like super crazy burtonized, but you go a little little bit higher on that that calcium sulfate the gypsum there you go
4: all right and if if we're gonna talk about like Walt Whitman when would you <laughs> see a fork in the road uh you know just take like Cooper was saying, just take you know one at a time, maybe
3: yeah, yeah. take one fork at a time that's classic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can brew the same beer with two yeasts, too. It's not that hard, like Brian was saying, too. Do two, two and a half gallon batches and see which one you like better. All right, Kevin, we're going to let you go, man. Great. Well, thank
6: you very much. Appreciate having me on and all the feedback. I can't wait to. Excellent. Again, perfect,
3: man. I did want to quickly say as well well that that uh, Kevin's in my judging class and we're running a a 10 week BGCP uh, judging course. So he's studying to become a judge. with us and participating um he brought these out to our second of three tasting sessions at bottle taps the other night he brought these beers for me there because he was working to dial this in so i appreciate that appreciate you being a part of the class and our exam is on june 3rd um we are full but uh we're gonna bring up you know hopefully a lot of good judges in the area here yeah around the region and uh i really appreciate the, the students that are participating coming to all of our zoom classes and going to the in-person ones too well
2: i, th- I think it. it'll be about time that we get some good judges in the area so that's yeah. good kevin
3: I'm <laughs> well, and brian's one of our teachers too so you know we'll we'll see how he does but <laughs> yeah we'll see yeah, yeah.
4: first of all it's, before yeah, we get one into out this, five would not repeat yeah, be-
2: <laughs> before we get into this uh before we get into this class have i ever told you guys about the time that i had four pairs of shoes let me tell you that's my sharp that's my impression. Uh, Kevin, we're going to let you go. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back. We're going to wrap things up here in Dr. Homebrew. And uh, if you're listening live, uh, we're going to be doing another show here in about, eh, I don't know, five minutes or whatever. So stay tuned for that. And if you are listening on the uh, app, I guess, or wherever you get your podcasts, um, we have another show. Maybe we don't. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, hang on, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-ceiling faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com.
1: Now, back to the examination.
2: All right. Thanks for sticking around, everyone. Kevin split, man. He's like, I'm out. I'm out of here. Ah. We're good. Well, he can we watch know. us on the Facebooks. Yeah, probably. Cool. Yeah, it was a good beer, oh. man. I do like it. It was just, it's a little yeah. robust. And maybe I haven't had that many strong bitters before, um, which kind of sucks, like living not only in, in the U.S. for a number of reasons, but. Because we are so far away from England, where they come over to New York or wherever, and then they truck across the country. It's like I I'm very gun shy, you know. Especially being a '90s late '90s beer drinker, where you go to Bethmo and everything's hot, and you have no idea oh how God, long it's been on the shelf. Yeah. And like you just sort of like I don't know. So even now, like, I was I was cruising through uh, Total Wine, and I'm looking at stuff on the shelf. I'm like, oh man, that's such a good beat. No, I'm not going to do it. Oh man, that's cool, but I wonder what that did. T- no, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yep. I can't do it anymore, but, um, yeah, good, good stuff overall, man. I think we helped, uh, we helped Rob and Kevin out a little bit. Um, overall, I think the beers were both very good and, um, you know, I think it's, it's fun to, to do this kind of stuff, man, you know, get really, we got into, what am I trying to say? We really got into the weeds on some details about how they can fix the beers. We don't, it's, I think, I feel like it's been a while since that's happened. Do you guys agree with that?
3: This is what we're here for, though, and that's yeah, the fun part is, right. you know, getting into the weeds a little bit sometimes. That's and, what I mean. And, and I think I it was good. Yeah, I think it was fun.
2: I think going back and forth like we did on the ingredients and stuff, I I, I feel like, uh, you know, I don't know. I feel, I feel drunk is what I feel like. So I'm <laughs> I, talking I, a lot.
3: I feel like the feedback was was okay. and uh, I, drank, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I drank all of his beer, by the way. I, I drank drink all of Kevin it, too, and I'm the most <laughs> impressed. That's like... <laughs> Wow, I gave it a thirty-nine there at the comp, and I gave it a thirty-nine. That's here. So, so
2: cool, dude! I love that for you. I, it was perfect. Uh, uh, yeah, was that's perfect. great. Well, that that's...
4: just goes to show that, yeah, you, why you're a grandmaster one, man. There you I go. I can't say I would do that every
3: time, though. <laughs> but you know, it's... you know what? Nope, I, I think you it's, in a lot of ways, it. it's
4: more challenging to to take a beer that's a forty-point, you know, thirty-eight, thirty-nine, forty-point beer, hmm. and yeah. talk about how to make it a forty-five-point beer than it is to fix a beer that's like a twenty. Like, that's yeah, easy yeah. because it's always like, OK, you did this, this or this. Uh, that's pretty straightforward, but it, it is. I, I do it like you're saying, JP. I like getting into the weeds about how do you improve a beer that's already excellent?
2: Yeah. And yeah. and sometimes we don't necessarily get the opportunity or not really the opportunity, but we, we don't really get into the how do you improve it and then the back and forth with the brewer because I feel like a lot of times it's just like, well, I don't know. What do you think? Or, yeah, I brewed this and whatever. We're gonna um, read our
3: sheets and then we're done. And then, uh, then we're done. He's we like, nope, to, I don't yeah. have a question.
2: But I think it's cool, Cooper. You know that, that you did that with the, the the score thing. I feel like that's hard. Uh, I wouldn't say hard to do because you can't really do it on purpose. It's nothing you can practice for. But I think it's a testament to to Kevin's beer because yeah. it yeah. has was bottled or brewed in February or something like that. So it's already been a couple months uh, at the time that of the recording. Old, that- yeah, but it's like, but still, I feel like even from, from day to day, from judging to judging, where it is in the flight, we always talk about that how flight matters, flight uh, positioning matters, how many are in the flight in general, how many you had before. Did you have coffee and fucking orange juice before? You know, did you smoke some fat doobies where you in the parking lot? You know, that kind of stuff, right? What, how's your yeah. path? But it doesn't really matter. You're the machine.
3: Now, you have instant anyone- recall. If anyone else wanted to send their beer in to us to, yes. uh, to have it sampled and, and, and uh, commented on and yes. gone into the weeds about. This will uh, drive them we, away. <laughs> uh, smoke a tube in the parking lot. <laughs> Let's who, do it, man. Who, who would they contact to send their beer in?
2: They would go brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send them an email. Brian will get you on the list. We'll get you all sorted out, and uh, you know if you're in the Bay Area, maybe we can make some uh, some uh, not recommendations, but some some positioning issues to get us beer. You don't have to ship it, but if you know, we'll take beers from wherever you want. If you want to jump on the call, that's the other thing. You don't even have to be on the air with us if you want. We are an interactive BGCP score sheet, so the point of the show is for you to ask questions. But if you just want to listen later, you don't really want
3: to be on the show. That's fine too. Whatever you want to yeah. do. Or I'll meet you in a dark alley and hand you the score sheets throughout. There you go. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. dude. Yeah,
4: no one's gonna have a knife or anything. But uh, if you're, if you, <laughs> I if you're promise. shy, yeah, I promise, no knives, no guns. You know, we just make the transfer in a, in a dark alley. But uh, you know, don't don't be shy. I know sometimes people can be a little reluctant. You know, for whatever reason. You know, we're yeah. we're nice. We're kind of funny. I won't tell you about my four pairs of shoes until we, you know, maybe later on in the second show that there you we go. record. Yeah. But I'm a little little more tipsy, but yeah, I don't know. All right, we're going to get out of here.
2: Yeah, don't be shy. We're going to get out of here. Thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, until next time, we'll see
5: you later.